Hello, and welcome to the Universe Podcast, episode one. So, this episode, I'm here to tell y'all kind of my situation, like why am I in England, why am I not going to school in America, just to kind of like lay the land, put down the groundwork here, so that I could just kind of get this out of the way, essentially. Because I think about how many club nights and, you know, night nights out, I get asked this, like, why are you in England? Why England? Oh, my God. Like, people either say to me, you know, why did you come here? Like, you should have stayed in America because America's cooler. Or I get like, you were right to leave America. Thank God you left America. But then like, why? Why England still? Like, you could have gone somewhere else that's cooler. And I was like, no, like, I actually think England's really cool. I really like England. But so, my situation. So I like started my college applications and everything, you know, like 2019, because I was the graduating class of 2020. And after I um, submitted all my applications, I because I knew I wanted to study film and television. And so I live in Washington State in America, like I live close to Seattle. So I was kind of like, okay, I need to, you know, pick a school that has my degree and something I want to study. And there's really nothing in Washington State. Like I really exhausted all my options. I was looking at everything. And the closest thing I could find was that Washington State University, um, which is in a town called Pullman. It's uh, in eastern Washington. People say it's in the middle of the cornfields. Like it's pretty far out. Um, and like far from major cities, right? And number one, let's just start, I am a city girl. So I knew like this probably wasn't going to be my thing ultimately. Oh, sorry about the dogs barking in the background. Uh, but anyway, no, we, we digress. So yeah, I knew I did not want to go there um, for that reason. But at the end of the day, no matter where you guys go to university, it is what you make of it. And I do believe that no matter where you attend, you know, it's like what you do outside of that, whether that is you you know, start a podcast? Are you, you know, trying to network? Are you trying to do things that will help you and relate to your industry in the future? I think that that is what university ultimately is. So I ended up committing to Washington State University and I was going to major or get my degree in, as I say in England, uh, broadcast production. Um, hold on my cat. Come here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, anyways, I, where was I? So yeah, I was going to get my degree uh, there and study broadcast production, right? Then COVID hit and I was like, okay, shoot. I don't want to do school online, uh, especially for my degree. It's a very hands-on situation. I mean, you've got cameras and lighting and like this is, a, I have a very hands-on degree and I knew that online I did not want to be paying tuition because even in-state tuition, I think at the time it was still going to be like $28,000 a year for me to go. Uh, for like tuition plus housing, it was still going to be like all around probably about 30000 Like it was going to be expensive still for in-state school. And I was just like that. I just, you know, it's not worth to do it online. I'm not going to Zoom University. So then I took a gap year and I worked at a poke bar. Uh, for any of you that don't know poke, I like to think of it kind of as like deconstructed sushi in a bowl. Uh, it's like raw fish and like white rice and some sauces and like 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 soy sauce and some spicy sauce and toppings. I, I really love it. Anyway, so I worked at a poke bar for 
a year and made some great friends like my coworkers I'm still in touch with to this day some of them and yeah I actually just threw like a going away party last night and I still had like some of my old coworkers at this party and I still had um I so then I came back this summer to work um at a, a different location but then like these coworkers like it's just the environment it was just so great and made some great friends at this location too so they came to my going away party but anyway back to what I was saying um I then went um with my gap year to go work there and I saved up and then while I was there I was like let me just look into how much does it cost I was like I want to go abroad is like wait they speak English oh England okay great how much does it cost for school in England and do they have any schools that are good for my degree? Like, is there any film production in England? So after doing some research, I found that um, there is like a lot of good post-production, especially in like sound work and such in England. And so I was looking at, you know, best schools for film production, uh, looking at the Guardian's list. And uh, I saw that the University of York was one of those schools, which is the school I now attend. And they were in the top five at the time. I believe they're still in the top 10. It changes every year. I feel like the schools probably like pay to have some of the rankings move because they, they have to still be competitive, you know? Um, but so, yeah. So for film production, um, it was great. And then tuition wise, that's where that was my number one. Set. I mean, you can look and get into so many of these great schools, but it's can you afford it? Right. I mean, like NYU. I love New York. I f- family from New York. I have always loved going. I was actually born on the East Coast. So I was like, I would love to go to NYU. It's my total dream school. Again, I'm a city girl. Love the city. New York's my place. However, oh my gosh, Zemi, come here. Sorry, it's my cat. Just came on the XLR cables. Um, so then I... Um, yeah, I wanted to go to NYU. That was my dream school for years and years and years. But it's like $70,000 a year for like tuition housing. I can't afford that. That's crazy. And so I looked at schools in England and it is cheaper for me as an international student to study abroad, take a 10 hour flight and go to England. It's cheaper for me to go to school there than it is out of state. Now, however, it is slightly more expensive than going in state for school. But England is less expensive than going out of state. That's crazy. It, it blows my mind. And I thought this is, it shouldn't be that way. You know, like I feel like if you're an American in this country, you should be able to stay in this country for less than leaving it to go to England, right? Like, shouldn't that make sense? Um, but no, so yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll apply here, see what happens. Um, and it, the way it works in England, so the college application process, university application process, rather, for all the English people listening, if there are any. Um, so in America, you have to apply to each school separately, other than for something like the Common App or applying to any of the University of California schools. Um, you have a bunch of separate applications, and each application runs anywhere from like uh, 40 to 100 bucks i'd say most of them were about 70 that seemed to be the average or 60 for mine um and that's for each school so i applied to seven schools and that's like that's a lot of money on just applications alone right but in england it's different you um there's one portal called ucas ucas and it's the portal for all the universities in the uk and 
they you can apply to all of these schools with this one system and it's a 35 pound fee flat and that's what it was at the time when I applied back in uh, 2020 or not yeah I applied in 2020 2021 sorry okay no I applied in 2020 now um, 35 pounds flat rate, but you get to apply to only five schools. So, uh, each school, like, so you do the regular application and it's an essay talking about like why you want to do your degree and all these colleges, like they read the same essay or universities, they all read the same essay. And then from there, each university then might have additional things that you'll have to go make a portal on their site for, but there isn't an extra fee as far as I'm aware, at least for the ones I applied to, but you have your separate um, like the, like for me, I had to do a portfolio for only a couple of the universities. Um, so for me, that was like submitting, uh, some of them wanted like photography, others wanted, uh, short films that I'd made just seeing like access to my portfolio is basically what I was giving them. So then from there, the universities will, um, they have something called conditional and unconditional offers if you do get accepted conditional offers are mainly this is stressful as someone from the UK I've heard like friends like this sucks for them is that they take their A-level exams which is it's it's kind of like taking the SAT I guess you could say for Americans that's the closest thing I can come up with it's like if you got into let's say Harvard and you had a conditional offer so Harvard saying okay like you're in if you get, you know, a 1560 on the SAT. And then your SAT scores for the whole country will not come back until like June or July or whatever they get their A levels. It's like that. It's really close to when school actually starts. And then and then if you don't get that 1560, Harvard can go, "Oh, okay, well, you know, sorry, you committed to us, but you didn't get that score and the offer was based on the fact that we thought you were going to get that score and you didn't." which can happen and that sucks, you know? So people will rank like their their top school and then if for whatever reason like they can't go if they don't get the scores they need or anything like that, then they um, have like a second choice school. So for that school, like either maybe the conditional offer was less challenging or something like that. Like you needed a 1400, I don't know. But point is, yeah, it's really stressful because if you don't get that score, you don't get to go to that school. Um, if they're really picky about it. I know if you're close enough, they might still let you in, but yeah. So that's with the whole UCAS system. And uh, I had an unconditional offer, which means no matter what scores I had, um, I was able to go to the University of York. But that's only because, and this is, it's more uncommon to get an unconditional offer is what I've heard. But I think the only reason I got it, it wasn't like I was a super exceptional student that still had scores coming. It was the fact that I'd already graduated and my grades were set. And then I was taking a gap year. It wasn't like I was taking more classes and coursework that were then going to be conditional for my offer. You guys get what I'm saying? So yeah, basically I have, I had an unconditional offer because I already had taken a gap year and graduated. Yeah. Class of 2020. (laughs) Woohoo. Yes. So that's how the application process works for university. And I applied. And then I got into the University of York, obviously. And that was very exciting. But I had to do an interview, actually, over Zoom with one of the professors from my department. And I was so nervous. And I had my interview in the afternoon their time, 
which for me was four in the morning. So I remember I got up like really early. I did my makeup. And I, here's the thing is like, if you know me, I don't really wear makeup. I like, for, it, honestly like multiple reasons. One of them is I'd rather sleep than get up and do my makeup. Like, don't get me wrong. I applaud the girlies that wake up every day and do their makeup. Like I, I wish I had that, you know, I had the wherewithal to actually get up and do it but I do not. I'd rather sleep in. And uh, I also like having to wash it off every night. I mean, uh, it's a lot of a lot. Sometimes like if I'm really not feeling, I'll just rinse off my face off with water. But when I have makeup, I know I have to like do the full skincare routine. Like I will not go to bed with makeup on, you know. And also then like my skin will break out. The whole thing is just like makeup ain't for me. But I did my makeup because I wanted to feel like professional and cute. Like I knew it would set my attitude and mentality in this interview, you know? And then I sat down and I did the Zoom call and the interview went so well. I was so proud. Like I, you, if you ever have done an interview, whether it's like for university or a job and like, you know, it went well, like you really connected with the person that was interviewing you. Like you just know it went well. Like it's still like you're a little nervous still, but you're like, pretty, pretty darn sure I got it. And then I got the email the next day saying I got it. And I was so excited. Like I um, was watching then so many different vlogs on this university and uh, like looking on YouTube, like campus tours and things like that. And I was like, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. I, I And here's the thing is also prior to all of this, I still had never been to England. Um, my family, uh, my dad, he was thinking of taking my sisters and us to go to England and Paris the summer that then was COVID lockdown. So obviously that did not work out, but so I had never been. And I, I don't know, just something about it was just speaking to me. I was like, York seems like a town, like I would actually love to be in. So and again, like there is the romanticizing a town before you go, right? Like before you go to university, you you have to remember and think like these are just normal people doing normal things. Like you're still gonna have to, you know, clean the shower, wash dishes, like that stuff. Like it isn't like washing them in England suddenly makes it better. You know what I mean? Like you have to remember and remind yourself, no matter what place you're romanticizing, like do try and be a little realistic. Like it is just a place. You're still gonna have to do the not sexy things. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, then I had to convince my parents to let me go. That was another issue to tackle because, again, tuition still costs more than going in-state. So kind of looking at financials, breaking down, because I also have two younger sisters that also will be attending university, as far as I'm aware. Um, so it was a lot to consider. And when my parents eventually did agree, I was like, wait, so I'm going. And I remember I was in the kitchen with my dad and my mom was on board with this. She was her biggest qualm with me going. She was just like, you're going to be so far. And it is far, especially being West Coast. I'm not even East Coast, which from there is a like five or six hour flight, I believe. But West Coast, yeah, no, it's a, it's a 10 hour ordeal. And then what, with a layover, it could be like 13. And then with the trains and traveling, it's a long journey to get to York from Seattle. Let me, let me just say that. I can get into that another time. How, oh my gosh, no. I definitely have a story for another time about that. But my mom did agree. And my dad, I was in the kitchen with him. And he was like, yeah, I was like, when you go to England, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, I'm going? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, wait, I'm going? So I told Washington State University that I wanted to withdraw 
um, because they had like a, a spot held for me with my gap year, right? So I withdrew and uh, committed to the University of York. And as I'm sitting here in my room, I see my little congratulations on your offer to study at the University of York. And it's on this like gold little piece of paper. And I remember when I got that in the mail, I like that's when it started to feel real. And so I remember I applied for my visa, my student visa. And with COVID and everything, there were a lot of backups. And there were a lot of students that I think decided to kind of do what I did because they said that they were overwhelmed. They'd never had this many applications before. Like they had a lot. And so, okay, I stupidly, okay, little story time within this other story, right? So I, when I did this application, you can pay extra to have it done faster. Like, if you forgot and now last minute you have to go. So like you can pay extra to have them process your application faster. And so I did, so my, my dad did pay to have it done faster. But, and the thing is like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into your application. And there were a lot of different emails and different accounts from different sites that are sending you emails and different things for you to remember. And I forgot after everything I did, and I did it all correctly, and I checked on my paperwork multiple times, everything was perfect, but I forgot to write on the envelope priority. And the thing is, when you pay for it to be expressed, you have to write that on the envelope with the receipt inside. I had the receipt inside. I just forgot to write priority. I was so, so, so upset with myself. Like It was some random weekday, like a week later. I was at work, and I like... I just remembered, I was like, wait, I thought there was an email, something about writing priority on there. And I did not do that. And then I found the email and I was like, oh, like frick. Okay. So then I ended up calling them. And the thing is, it, ca- it was an international call. So every minute I was on hold cost money. This was the most expensive phone call I think I've ever paid. Um, yeah. And then eventually they told me um, that you know, they can, they let them know that it needed to be expressed and all this stuff. And it was a whole thing. Thank you to the people at the visa office that helped me out after being on hold for a while. And I had to do like multiple calls and different tries because sometimes you'd be on hold for an hour. And again, you're paying every minute you're on hold. And then they go, oh, we're actually busy and there's no one to help you. Bye-bye. And then they hang up. I was always fuming after these phone calls. So livid. (sighs) Yeah. So I feel like I say that a lot. Yeah. So (laughs) anyway, I then had my visa. Now here's the thing is my mom, she knew someone. there There were so many different pieces that went into this. She knew someone that worked then at the post office. And this is important for this later part of the story. So then I had my dad and his girlfriend, they went to England without me the week before. I was supposed to go with them, but the thing is my visa hadn't arrived yet because I was an idiot and forgot to write priority on the the envelope. So then I had to um, delay my flight, push it back another week. And my mom, her friend at the post office, uh, had my, when it was ready, she had the envelope not shipped to my house because that was going to take too long in terms of like delivering it. She just had it left at the post office so then I could go pick it up. And the thing is, I really didn't think it was going to arrive. So the day of my flight, I was supposed to leave in the early to late afternoon. And I had, sorry, I had 
my visa um, sorted then. I was like, wait, I'm leaving today. So I went to go get it. And I, the thing is, I was ready that morning to change my flight for another week. I was so shocked that I was actually leaving, throwing my stuff in suitcases. It was a whole thing. And yeah, I packed up and uh, then I left and it was so tearful. I don't think I've ever cried that much my entire life. I was really surprised. Um, I know that for me, traveling far away from family wasn't the scary part. For me, it was more the fact that it is a chapter ending in your life that, you know, you and your siblings and your parents, you're never all going to be in one place again. And then with your pets and like, you don't have to coordinate who has work off at this time and anything like that's, that's the rest of our lives now. I mean, so far, I'm still the only one that's left home, but it'll never be that. And that I think is what really hit me. And I could not stop crying. And, and I'm not a crier, which is so funny. And I'm not saying that like, oh, like, I don't cry. I can build different. Like, no, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I do get sad, you know, but sometimes I don't want to be happy. No, no, I, I just, yeah, I don't cry a ton. So then I could not stop crying, got to England and I was so scared to speak at first. It was really funny. I was like, they're going to know I'm American. They're going to make fun of my accent. I already hate myself. And people definitely do make fun of my accent, but I'm still loud. And I get told I'm loud all the time. And like, yeah, I know I'm loud. And they're like, oh, like the American, like she's so loud. Tegan's loud. That's what I hear a lot. And you know what? Like, yeah, I know I am. Like, I'm, I'm just going to own it. Yeah, I'm, I'm that bitch. And like, <laughs> uh, I will say the only place I do try to be quiet is the library. So that and like what a funeral (laughs) I I, I am quiet when I'm supposed to be quiet but that's just my personality I'm actually I'm a I'm a loud and boisterous person so yeah so then we we're we're, we're gonna leave you all there this is already you know a good length episode I don't want these to be too long for you guys um well we're gonna leave my that's how I got to England story there uh so much happened to me and so much, you know, culture shock and things that I did experience in that first year. That's going to be so fun. I cannot wait to share some of these stories with you guys. Some of them are really, really ratchet. So definitely stay tuned. And yes, that is where we're going to leave that. And do not forget to like, follow, subscribe, all the things. Um, and uh, you can listen to this podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the above. And uh, also, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Universe Podcast. And you can also DM us for any stories or advice um, segments that you would like to share or need advice and help on. And yes, thank you so much for listening. And I will see y'all next Thursday. Bye. <laughs>